In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. You are looking live, plausibly live, on a Thursday afternoon at the back porch of the other Ronis in the D.C. area, John Ronis's brother, and we are at number 15, a TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you said so I will, we could do the show from your brother's deck, I'm like... Is it going to be quiet enough? I don't think they can hear us all the way over there. They can hear you. They can hear me? They can definitely hear you. Because I hit a heavy ball that cuts through the wind. My voice cuts through the wind. I remember a few years ago, this tournament was at Congressional, and we were on the range. We had Oh, yeah. And there was, uh, I can't remember who was hitting balls, but it wasn't too good. And you were back there, and you were like, oh, no. Oh, no. And didn't realize that your voice was just cutting through. And I'm sure he heard that. He sniped him and cut him. But, yeah, so we'll have a a quiet please kind of show here tonight if you can can keep yourself down a bit. All right. It is a cool overcast Thursday. Unfortunately, the weather forecast for the weekend is stink, stank, stunk. It's awful. 59 and rain on Friday, 58 and more rain on Saturday from what I saw. Yeah. This is uh, this is Gary Soba's nightmare. We talked to him a week ago about this, and he's like, I'm not looking at the long range and nothing I got to do about it. Well, there is. I bet he's been looking the last few days, that's for sure. I think he might be looking at a Monday finish. On this one. I mean, it's supposed to be a rain out. Two and a half really? inches to three inches of rain. Oh, I did not see oh, that. Oh, yeah. Epic. Okay. Epic but, rain. By the way, uh, Ron Thomas played yesterday in the Pro-Am out yeah. here. And because of that, his work schedule is piled up. He couldn't be here today. John Gould was going to be here. He had uh, a situation come up. He had to retreat back home halfway here. He lives quite far away. Everyone lives far away in the DMV for those listening to the show outside of the uh, district area. So uh, he's not here today. I had a potential backup guy in Harry Mays, who's in Philly, and he does a golf show in Philly. Good friend of mine. Uh, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, he's on property, but nowhere near to us, so he can't come save us. Uh, Terry Riley, your friend, golf yeah. agent to the stars, uh, was hoping to be here today, but has been uh, detoured by other matters. He promises to be back at another time. So yep. it's literally just you and I. A lovely twosome It really today. is. We're going to play at our own pace, but <laughs> relatively quickly. Are we going to play two balls each? No, we're just playing one. And you we're, ever, we're betting. Would you ever? Did you ever do that where you played multiple balls? I do worse ball uh, quite often when I, when I was younger, and you know you just like go if out you there. play by yourself and you play a couple balls. I play two balls and play worst ball. Oh, okay. So you don't play both balls out to completion. No, no. What about three? But you're, hit, you're hitting two balls every time. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. Right, you play one. the worst one. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. So a personal. Two ball worst man scramble yeah. by yourself. Okay, yeah, good. Uh, by the way, somebody suggested a format. Well, didn't suggest. They talked about we're, our golf trip to Myrtle is coming up in two weeks, and they said, "Do you want to do a worst ball scramble?" No, <laughs> no, we don't. Somebody, somebody, I ran it by somebody. They go, "Oh no!" Yeah. In a million years, no. it is so not. And how fun. long would it take? I don't know how long it would take, but it uh, it it really is something I never considered because. You're turning the whole concept 
of a scramble on its head. Yeah. Where instead of just, okay, there's one good one in the fairway, everyone breathe easy. Every person has to grind. Too like, much stress. <laughs> Too much stress for, for a get-together. Exactly. So anyhow, it's just us two, and we're going to talk so about uh, the Wells update. Fargo. We're we'll going to talk about as, Avenel. Yeah. As the show goes on, we'll update who's currently behind us. is Seamus Power, K.H. Lee, and Matt Jones. You have now, a, uh, this is very disappointing because <sighs> when I got here, I told you this already, Zabe, that when I got here, it said uh, Rory was uh, done 12 holes and we're right here on the 15th tee. And then but I look at it and he teed off a 10. He teed off on number 10. Yeah. Yeah, not at so, 10. So, unfortunately. So Rory is through his round early. We don't have a view of a scoreboard right now. We could call up the PGA Tour scoring app. Yeah. Um, but uh, He was doing well. He was three under. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie said his report from the golf course on Wednesday was it is minty fresh in phenomenal condition said the members had to carry around a divot mat with them for the last four months Wow! and that takes you deep into the winter I don't know who out here is playing golf in you know the last four months but uh, he said they also sodded a bunch of divots out here to get things looking good so the course is looking great the weather is not going to cooperate it doesn't look like the field is strong Mm -hmm. could be stronger for what the normal wells fargo is but because it's a different venue it's not quite so much and there's some players here that have not been to the dc area in a long time rory is one of them one of the biggest stars highest ranked players of course last time he was in this area he was right across the street winning the u.s open right at uh, 21 years old and currently leading the golf tournament is very much a local entity, Denny McCarthy's four under. No way. Yeah, Denny McCarthy from? From, uh, I believe, uh, what high Georgetown school? Georgetown Prep. Prep? Possibly, and, yeah. Um, and, um, Dem- not DeMatha? No, he went to UVA. Okay. I believe he went to Georgetown Prep. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, good so to he's see. he's through 10 holes and he's four under par. Denny and, doing uh, that. Rory's three under after 12. So TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms, uh, formerly just called TPC Avenel, uh, built and opened in the spring of 87, I want to say, 86, 87, right around when we graduated high school. I know it well, Zay. Because? Our Big East championships were here. No way. The first, I believe it was the first year was open, or possibly the second year was open. Wow. So we traveled from Connecticut, and, you know, we're playing this high-end TPC course, which we didn't know what TPC courses were then. They were stadium courses. They they were were starting to build them. The first one was Sawgrass. I think the next one was Scottsdale. Yeah. This was one of the other ones, and it was built with tournaments in mind. The right. tour said, why are we paying all this money to rent some other private club? We should build our own clubs and then play our main tour events on them and sell memberships the rest of the year and housing, which we're here. It's yep. lovely. Yep, and it's, it's beautiful. But let me tell you something. Back then, it was new. The... I don't think they had an idea of what they were doing with the grass in the transition zone, which were Middle Atlantic. Right. The, the fairways were Zoiza, mm-hmm. which one year we had a deep freeze and they died and they yeah. changed it out. The greens were the worst greens you've ever seen. Oh, my God. Awful. Really? Awful. I would have rather put it in the fairways. The fairways <laughs> were perfect. And so we came down here in October um, to play the Big East Championship, which would have been a great time of year. It was abysmal. It was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. Well, for those that don't know, zoysia grass is a deep south grass that is very thick, that is very sturdy, loves the hot, loves the wet, can't get enough of it. Um, And your ball sits up like it's sitting on a nice, perfect golf mat. Yeah. But it's for the south. We are in the mid-Atlantic region. 
it doesn't even start to uh, wake up until like June, basically. Yeah, I mean, you got to get to like 85. Exactly. So. so that was a bad grass they put out here at first. The layout, the uh, Ed Sneed and I forget the co-collaborator on the first layout. He was one of the designers. They had some holes that did not make sense at all, and yeah. the tour pros did not like it. Especially the ninth Greg hole, Norman. Yeah, the ninth hole in particular, downhill par three, which had a reverse triple-tiered green. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the highest tier was at the front, and then the middle tier and the lower tier went away from you. Yeah. <laughs> so you could theoretically hit a perfect shot into it, and if you just flew it onto the wrong little ripple of the green, it could kick forward. And a creek around the whole thing. A- and a creek around the right side that curled around the back, and because it was such a huge drop, it was extremely hard to club. Oh, yeah. In addition, because it was down in a hollow, the grass never thrived because never. it didn't have the right amount of airflow. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a bad hole. So that's one of the holes that has been changed. But anyway, so this was built in 87, a private club, but not exclusive per se. It's kind of a corporate club. Mm-hmm. It's a big yard, big stadium. Um, you cannot walk it, not the member. I mean, maybe some do. There's really no caddies here. No. Uh, because there's big walks between green to tee, and it kind of winds through the neighborhood. So it's a it's a cart golf course. Uh, it's been totally overhauled in almost every way, multiple times. Like you said, the old Zoysia fairways are gone. The bunkers have been reshaped in now natural ways. Many of the blind bunkers are gone. They've allowed some natural fescue areas to uh, grow and give some depth and dimension to the course. Uh, the old, hard-to-maintain sixth hole which was crazy. It had a tiny green about the size of this deck. Yeah. Uh, tucked up against a hillside with towering trees that blocked sunlight. And it was a par five. And airflow. And, and the green was barely alive. It was dirt. In 1988 <laughs> or seven, when I came here, it was dirt. <laughs> it was like, you're never going to keep this thing alive. There's it, too much foot traffic on it because it's small and it's got no airflow, but. It was this reachable, in theory, par five, right. if you were crazy correct, to go for it. And I remember distinctly, me and my buddy Chip Lipman, more on him in a second, we watched John Houston on a Friday, sometime in like 1990, on number six, when he was already like plus five for the tournament, knowing he was going to be trunk slamming it, he tries to hit a towering cut over the corner of the trees to land it on the little aircraft carrier green. It catches the last branch and then kicks off into the woods, into the creek, and he's like, hand me another. He had three balls because he was just like, it doesn't matter. I'm like obsessed. It was tin cup-like, and we're just going, oh, my God, John Houston's really pissed (laughs) off right now. So that's that's been changed. Uh, They moved the green away from the creek. The ninth green has been lifted Mm -hmm. almost 50 feet or more into the air and into the hillside. Yeah. It's a lovely par three now. It makes a ton more sense. Uh, Number 10 and 11 have been combined into one hole. It used to be a par four and a par three. It's now a monster par five. Yep. And I think it's an awesome hole, which has a tee box way up on the high point of the property, which is spectacular. 13 has been chopped into two to make up for the combined holes. Mm -hmm. It used to be a... Weird, weird par five. Yeah, thirteen with a again a creek down the middle, double fairway on yeah, each side. Right, thirteen was an uphill drive. 
uh, to a very narrow sort of gathering of the fairway, which then sloped down. And if you pummeled it up there in just the right spot, you could go for the green and two on the par five with a downhill lie. Correct. Correct. What happened, though, and because I worked here for a couple of years in outside ops, there was a house to the right of the fairway on yep. 13. And boy, that poor family got bombarded. Yeah. I mean, like really bombarded with golf balls. So when they did the whole redesign, they said, okay, let's chop it up into two. It's now an uphill par three, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the worst hole out here now. I agree. And then it's a lovely but very short, pretty par four. And that makes up now the 18. The finishing stretch is largely the same. 14 behind is 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. But for the average golfer, this place is hard. It is I mean, hard. It is Chinese trigonometry hard. Yeah. The rough is really healthy and thick yep. everywhere. Um, and it's got at least four or five bully holes, I call them, that make you feel uneasy from the moment you stand on the tee. Your yeah, thoughts? I, you know, I totally agree. I, I actually, I think it's spectacular. I, I really like the piece of ground that this thing's on. The, the golf course is always in great shape. So I hear about, you know, people putting the course down a little bit because it's too hard. But I think from the proper tees, but here's the deal. Like some of these courses that get built like this, you'd almost have to show up at the hole and choose the tee. So, like, you could say, I'm playing the blue tees today. But there's going to be some that the blue tees just, they're, right. they're too hard. Right. So you should play the white tees. But you wouldn't know that the first time playing. And I think that's one of the issues with some of these golf courses. I think from the proper tees, you have to meander a couple of those creeks. Mm-hmm. And they do get in the way. There's no question yeah. about it. Other than that, I don't think the driving areas are all that small. Okay. It gives you a drivable par four out here right behind us in 14. And so, you know, there's some interesting things to it. I really like the course, actually, because I'm just— Oh, I love I, it now. I like don't get me wrong. interesting courses. I love it now. I think they've turned it into a supermodel, but it is hard. Uh, there's no question. If you play <laughs> anything back, yeah. it's brutal. No, not even back. It's just normal tees. I think it's just hard. Yeah. But it's yeah, a good you, heart. It's a fair heart. Uh, number two is a 641-yard par five from the back tees. I don't play it from there, but it's yeah. still pretty long from the regular tees. And that's a good par five. I don't know if anyone's going to get home on that. And that's very straightforward. Number two, a couple bunkers that will get you right. in the way, but it's pretty straightforward. And We're a but, long way from two right now. Do you think anyone's getting home on two at 641? No, no and it, but it is a little downhill. Okay. But we that's not where we should be playing from. Right? No, I know. That's a par seven for me. I'm just wondering if the pros are. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing about uh, this course, when they first opened it, the, the designer's concept was, he said, I want some par three and a halves. I want mm-hmm. some par four and a halves and maybe a five and a half. And I'm like, okay, I guess I kind of get it. But at some point, it doesn't, for the average golfer, they don't like that. They don't want to see a 480-yard par four. I'm, I'm totally with you there. Yeah. I don't mind, you know what, I don't like a golf course that's tricked, and I don't like a golf course that eliminates most of the people because it's too long. Right. Or that limits the options, basically. Right. You want to always give people options. Right. One of the big things, and the the redesign here at Avenel, which I think was 2018, they finally finished it. Something like that. Something like that. It took two years almost. Down to dirt. Yeah, that down to dirt, they moved a ton of stuff, and being here in lovely Montgomery County, Maryland. Oh. The People's Republic of Montgomery County, as I call it, some of the strictest environmental limitations and regulations, the permitting on this redesign was 
unreal from what yeah, I remember. Yeah, and, and the prices of water right around that time, water, water. <laughs> uh, went skyrocketing. <laughs> they did? Yes, because I remember what happened at Woodmont. Oh, and boy. that's when we started to institute some of the fescue, so the parkland areas that we didn't have to maintain. Right, mow it, fertilize right. it. Right, and, yeah. and water it. Right. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things that, that I, I think they had to jump through a ton of hoops. And they did. They did it. They did it. They got it done. It's it's really good. The other thing is, you know, there there are many natural creeks and tributaries that feed down into the Potomac that course this property. And one of the main areas it all collected was down uh, on the back nine, starting mm. at number 10. Yeah. And so you will get, once every 10 years, a four, five, six, seven, eight-inch rain event over a couple of days. Yeah. And it becomes a deluge. Well, it'll be very interesting this weekend of what ends up on Sundays if I, there's some flooding. I, I don't think there'll be flooding because what they did for those holes is they really took them away from the edges of the creeks. They widened those areas. That was part of why the permitting was so hard. They they were they were messing with the uh, navigable waterways where you've got to deal with the Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. But it's smart because it's now built to withstand the weather we can and do get once every 10 years here in the DMV. And remember, the, the original mentality behind these TPC courses was stadium golf, so that you had hills on the side of greens and things. That's why 9 was developed the way it was. That's why we love, have a lot of fairways in low-lying areas. Right. Because they wanted people on the sides to be able to look at it like they're in a stadium. Sure. So, you know, I guess they picked this property for that, but they also moved some dirt for that purpose. Yeah. All right, coming up, we got our quick 9, and... I'm going to tell you the story of when I finally quit here at Avenel as yeah. a member of the outside ops crew. What a terrible day it was for Avenel. Yeah, they had to close for a day yeah. or two. They're like, yeah. it was. They were in mourning. Ha. How could he how possibly are, leave how us? How are we going to run this place without him? We have no in, chance in the cart barn. I have no oh. idea. Oh, All right, it's a nice twosome here. It's Thursday. It's day one. Of the Wells Fargo at Avenel, we're hoping the weather cooperates this weekend, but it looks a bit dicey. Myself and John Ronis will come back and play a quick nine right here on the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. We are back live, plausibly live. My voice is cracking mm -hmm. here. I'm trying to get all pollen. soft. Yes, it's the pollen out here. Yeah. Uh, we're here on a Thursday, start of the Wells Fargo at Avenel. It's myself and John Ronis, the director of golf at River Creek. Well, there we got that right. And we are here at... Your we're gonna, house. we're gonna, we are here at my brother's house. Yes. My brother, Dr. Jim Ronis, he's a dentist in McLean, and I really appreciate him letting us. No, it's very nice, here. very yeah. nice of him. And it's, I might, it's a lovely I might visit here a little bit more yeah. often. Exactly, it's pretty nice. But we are also here at TPC Potomac, Potomac at, at Avenel Farms. Farms. Right, uh, there a little too long, you think? I wouldn't have gone with it. Yeah, but I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in those marketing meetings. You think they had to mention Potomac to try to get a couple little more things in the uh, Honestly, government? Oh, interesting. I think it's a marketing thing. 
it marketing is such a weird thing that if you put down in front of someone who's got some money who could join a club and it says TPC Avenel, they might go, mm, yeah. what's a TPC no Avenel? Avenel? Yeah. But you say Potomac, that is angels singing for got those it. who live here in the D.C. area where Potomac is sort of like the Hollywood Hills yeah. of the D.C. area. So that has cachet. And Avenel Farm, you know, Potomac Farms, it yeah. sounds, I mean, there was once farms here. I don't think there are now. There was a horse farm. Yeah, right in the middle. There. Is it still there? I don't know. I don't know It's a range either. now. No, it used to be the range. I don't know. It, no, it used to be the range, and there was horses yeah. behind it, but uh, yeah. It was great. We worked the range when I was, uh, when it was here as the uh, Kemper. And of course, the tour brings in actual, you know, nice mm-hmm. balls, nice balada balls that just say practice. They're not yeah. striped. But they say practice on them, right? And uh, at the time in the 90s, players were getting longer and longer. And so they were starting to break through the end of the range up top for longer hitters. Perfect. <laughs> and, so, and so we would pick those areas with the weeds and the bushes and the trees behind the range for weeks after the tour stop rolled through and find these pearls that said practice. And at the end of the day, when the pro shop closed at 7 in the summer and there was still an hour and a half of good daylight, myself, whoever the pros on duty were, would bust out into carts, go to number one, yeah. and play like a nine-person scramble. Oh, Who- nice. With seven, whoever else was working and the day was done. And the funny thing was we'd all hit it out there trying to play as many holes before it got dark. And the, the, the funny thing was, like, what are you playing? <laughs> Timeless practice. Oh. So am I. Because <laughs> we had all played the range balls we stole Fantastic. from the back of the range. We didn't steal them. The tour no, left. No, was the, I supposed to bundle them up and mail no, them? No, no, you were supposed Come to grab them okay. and play them. So I, uh, I worked here in outside ops for a couple of summers in college, uh, between years in college. And I think I worked one last year as, right after I graduated. And I remember the day I quit here. <laughs> I had been given an invite by my friend, another dentist, Dr. Brad Bauer, mm-hmm. to go play a little course called Oakmont Country Club. Ooh. And it was one of these things like, it's tomorrow, uh, it's the only day you can do it, do you want to come? Mm-hmm. And I went to our outside ops guy, who I won't name because he was a good guy, uh, Looney, and uh, <laughs> he says to me, Wait, did I just say that? No, not out loud. <laughs> no. And uh, he says, no, you're on the schedule. I'm not taking you off. And I go, dude, I, Oakmont. When am I going to get to play Oakmont I'm a kid. Again? <laughs> I'm 22. Golly. I still have some hair. Right. Well, wear 34 pants. When am I ever going to do this again? He was like, no. He was, a real, he was very strict. Okay. <laughs> I then thought about it, and I said, what am I doing working here? It's it's a haul from from McLean, anyways. I eh, it's whatever. It, it it was one of these things where I was kind of like, why am I still working here? So I calmly took my teal Aureus staff shirt. Aureus, nice. You know, with the stiff oh, collars yes, back I do. then. Yeah. And uh, and my little gold TPC nameplate. Mm-hmm. I took it off in the cart barn. I folded it gently. And I laid it on his desk, and I walked shirtless out to my car. <laughs> and it was daylights. Oh my god! So that's my exit. I still I have. Did he I have ever the... call you back? No. No. 
No, I think it was just like a message going, so I guess you quit. All right, well, whatever paycheck you have still coming, you can pick it up next week. Well, uh, You know, it, it, they, they didn't miss me, I'll and t- I didn't miss them. I have <clears throat> so many great memories working here, though. Of course, and I had a, you know, because I now manage that whole thing. I had a kid yesterday who one of the members was playing in the program here yep. yesterday. And the, pro, the, the member found out at the last second that you need a caddy. Ooh. And he said, do you know anyone? Well, I had a kid on the schedule to, y- yesterday. Today. No, yesterday. Yeah. That I knew he'd be great. Hayden Hawes is a great kid. And I said, you take it off and you go, Caddy, nice. for him here. And Good. the kid had a blast. Oh, yeah. And the member wrote me last night and said he was such a nice young man. Those are the things that, yeah. you know, who, look, we can, we, I can take bags off of, out of a trunk. <laughs> I mean, right. Come on. Yeah, I love that. I, I All didn't. Right. So here we are. Quick nine. We're going to play a quick nine, just you and I. Here we go. Hole number one, Mr. Ronas. If you played Tiger Woods for one month's salary, pretty good amount of money, but it yeah, wouldn't bankrupt have, you. He'd but have it, it in his pocket. <laughs> if you played Tiger for one month's salary, how many shots would you think you comfortably needed in order to beat him at least one up? Take your recent driver struggles where you claim you can't get it played airborne. Played four holes out yesterday and got all four of them airborne. Sweet. Okay. So You're very hot. exciting. Good. Okay. Um, so your normal game, today, what do you think you'd need from Tiger to nine. beat him one up? Nine shots. Okay. I'm thinking if I play my best in the presence of El Tigre, I'm shooting 82. That's if I career. That's my best. Yeah. He's going to shoot 65 because he wants in my pocket and he wants to dominate and humiliate me. That's what alpha athletes do. So 82 minus 65 is how many? 17 uh, shots. Yes, 17 shots. So I'm going to ask for 20 shots knowing he's not going to give it to me, and I'll settle on 18 if I have to. Okay. So I was thinking 76 is what I maybe could shoot if I played well. Okay. And I was thinking that he is going to be right around 67. Okay. So that's that was my nine. A month's salary push. would hurt. Definitely would hurt, and I'd probably <laughs> get kicked out of the house. <laughs> Hole number two. Some golf courses have a mobile car detail and wash service in the parking lot, so you can drop mm-hmm. your car off, mm-hmm. get a detail while you're playing golf. That's a great idea. What would be an even better service? to get done while you're playing 18. For half of these guys, it would be great to set up their cell phone. They're so, <laughs> the, the older guys, every day they come in and they're like, can you can you help me out with this app? I can't seem to get this going. Um, you, you're asked as the general manager of a private club to help uh, out with people's cell phones? It's fascinating, Zabe. It's fascinating. <laughs> Don't you say, I'm not, uh, this is not my job. Or you know what? Have a guy standing out there with a weather forecast for the next week because that's the other question we get nonstop. What's the weather what going to be like? No, no, no. What does your radar say? What does my radar say? Same as your radar. Same as yours. It's right. radar. By the way, what's the best golf radar app out there? I hear Dark Sky is supposedly oh, the best. I just use Weatherbug, but it's, okay. it's, it's no good. But I, I, you know what? I don't know. I, I really I, I love detailing a car. I think it's a good one. Okay. Uh, I would say mowing the lawn. If, if they could have a service where you go to a golf course and you pay them an extra 40 bucks oh. and your lawn is mowed when you get home, oh. would be That would be fantastic. <laughs> That's the greatest idea I've ever heard, actually. Okay. All right. Num- hole number three. Is it okay for men to use ball markers that clip to their visor with a magnet? It's 100% no. 
because... It's unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable the, for a man. The gals on the, the LPGA yeah, use them all the time. why it's unacceptable. <laughs> all right? Come the, on. We're un- supposed to be moving into a more... A man is supposed to go into his pocket for change and take it out. He's not to go to his brim of his hat and unclip a ball marker with diamonds it's, on it. <laughs> I didn't say you had a butterfly with yeah. sequins on it. Yeah, well, that's all they make. No, it's not all no, they make. I'm, te- I'm telling you, the visor or the hat brim ball marker is so convenient. Look. You just peel it off, put it back on. It makes total sense. Everyone but, should. But you don't. But no, we need to no. dig into our pockets until everything's dirty and grinding. Our pants are halfway down our oh, By leg. the way, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, memo to self. Take shorts to tailor to remove the double pocket. Yes. God, I've been yes. so angry about that playing golf. I'm like, who wants double pockets? I want one pocket, all my stuff in it. Had it had it this morning in a pair of sweatpants. Couldn't find my phone. <laughs> the double pocket. <laughs> Hole number four. If you got a brand new set of irons every season for free, hmm. which is kind of a <laughs> tough question for you and really for me, <laughs> but let's pretend we're the average guy. You got a new set of irons every season for free, but, John, as a condition, you'd be required to have bag tubes and iron covers. Done. Would you take it? Yes. You would? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough deal right every there. Every year. Bag I, tubes and iron I covers. I don't take it for granted that every year it's Christmas in February for me. Yeah. And it is spectacular to see those new clubs come in every the single gleaming year. gleaming new wrenches. I'll be glad to put the head covers on okay. them. Okay. Keep them more protected, I guess. Yeah, I'll be playing alone. Hole number five. <laughs> this is a tough one here. This is going to be interesting to hear your answer. How do you know when it's time to fire your golf instructor? Oh, it's a great, great question. It's, um, you know, look, there's been plenty of people in my career that have uh, – gone to someone else from me and there's been uh, hopefully more that have come from someone else mm-hmm. to to me so um it's time when you no longer can communicate properly the points that you're trying to get across uh, that they're trying to get across that you can't under when you're the student when you can't quite understand the pathway that you're going on or the communication that's being done politely you don't have to be enemies you just say politely you know what i'm gonna give i'm gonna give someone else a shot i think we can communicate we've lost a little bit of our communication and it's not one of those things where you just say well we'll work harder on it no it's lost for now yeah doesn't mean you might not come back you might not do something just with putting with someone or something like that um there's people I just work on short game with. They have a main instructor who does a great job and with And you're them. just short game guy. But, yeah, I'll work okay. on putting or something. So I think you have an honest conversation and tell them to their face. Okay. I mean, you say, don't send an email. It says, or, I'm out. Or, or don't just stop showing up for your regular right. lesson tell and them. make the coach go, what's going on? Yeah. Because you as an instructor, you're invested in helping the player get better and so to be ghosted like that's rude it is rude you're invested it is rude i want to help you yeah i'm committed to it it may not be working out but if you want to go somewhere else just let me know and by the way i'm always there for you even if you're going to someone else i don't care you're not you're not a you're dead to me guy no 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 i just want what's best for you okay hole number six you either have to get rid of one of these two things for good for good soft spikes or your laser rangefinder well, Which it's an one easy goes? one for me because, you know, I, I, I go in and out of the golf shop all day long. So I've gotten rid of spikes to begin with. So I'm a... I'm but a, playing, 
Okay. And I, so I play with them all the time without them. Sneakers. I you play playing with sneakers? Playing flats? Yeah. I mean, whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter for me. I don't tend to slip that much. Now you could, you know, you can get away with. There's a lot of golf shoes now that are sort of athletic nubbies that mm-hmm. are not soft spikes. Mm-hmm. I, I find that I can play in sneak. I'm not swinging so hard anyway yeah. that I'm losing grip the range anyway. Finder. If you're really trying to play an actual round of golf that means something, you know, you it's need to impossible. Know these, exactly, and you can say, well, there's other ways to find the distance, and maybe it's on your cart. Uh, maybe you get it from somebody else. That that range maybe. finder to me is my whoopee. I, I went out there know. yesterday, guys. I said to play four holes. Mm-hmm. Boy, I didn't have my range finder. You're clueless. Plus, it was car path only. Oh God! So you don't have any idea where you are. <laughs> Just bring all your clubs, yeah. basically. Okay. Hole number seven. What is the one and only mate? What is the one and maybe only thing that can slow these guys behind us down when it comes to going low on a golf course? Firm greens. Firm See, greens. Yeah, firm greens. Not necessarily fast greens, because fast and soft, they eat those up. Firm greens. Firm greens does yeah. it. Yeah. Not wind? Oh, sure. I mean, but, but they hit the ball so purely that it goes through the wind quite nicely. Right. So And they take not advantage when wind. it's downwind. Yeah, rain doesn't affect anything for these guys. Um, firm greens because... Length? No, length. I mean, you can't plausibly put a course How about together. about rough? Rough has to do it. Narrow sure. fairways, rough that you literally can't advance it to the green from, like most U.S. Open setups. Correct, but that entails that they hit it in the rough. So that one guy who hits it has a great week. He hits the fairways. It's right. all he has is the fairways, 40, 50, 60 yards wide. Right. And then he has nothing else that's going to prohibit him. So it, it, the green, everyone has to hit it on the green. Not everyone has to hit it in the rough. Right. Yeah, the firmness of the greens is probably it because you can't control. You have to be so precise with where you land it. Yeah. And the contact have enough spin if it's really firm. And I'm talking obnoxiously hard. <laughs> exactly. Hole number eight is a super long par three i.e. one that would ask a player from each tee to basically hit a driver. 280 if you're a pro, although they sit three woods. 260 if you're an amateur, 240. Is that ever a good design concept? I hate them. For a par three. I hate them. So even if the green complex is flat, has an open run-up, a par three that is in driver territory is not a good idea. No. No, it's because it's a mistake in my. It's it not is. a mistake. It's it's someone who who wanted to put a par four there and they didn't have enough room. Oh, really? So they just okay. want to say, well, let's just put a hard par three here. <laughs> They're stupid. I would tend to agree. I think par threes are over two hundred be... yards. Unacceptable. What? Yes. Two ten. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For the average golfer, two ten. Too long. Seventeen, sixteen at Algonquian Regional Park, which I grew up playing. Yep. 220-yard par 3 bunker in front. It was always that El Guapo yeah. hole that lurked. You're yep. like, this is such a, you know, teenager, and you're like, ah, God. Been on that course a million times with the high schoolers, <laughs> and that is a great hole. <laughs> it sure is. All right, hole number nine. How many free tees are you allowed to take at a nice country club as a guest from their grab bin before you become that guy? One handful. <laughs> One handful. One. Let me tell you a story. We had an outing at yeah. our club two weeks ago. Okay. And they, they couldn't take their carts down to the range because our range is down a hill. So they had the, we parked a bunch of carts so they could take them down the range. Every tee was gone from those carts. <laughs> they picked them out. Picked them clean. You know. But what about, I'm talking about the bin either at the first tee 
or the starter's place, or maybe in the pro shop. If you want to have class. One, one no, handful. No, no, not like one heaping handful, I'm like talking, a caveman. No, I'm talking like a Dave & Buster's claw game super handful. Yeah, no. No, that's unacceptable. It's got to be a dainty handful. Okay. So like Especially a if they're scoop. cool looking. you got to keep some. Dude. They were, uh, you can't use two hands, Abe. I know okay. you've done that before. And then you've rolled your shirt up and dumped them in those. <laughs> See, that's, that goes beyond what we're capable of doing. Where you unzip the big zipper in your yeah. bag and you're like, yeah. <laughs> shoveling them in. Yes. Uh, Dormy Club in North Carolina has the freshest looking teas oh. that they give away. They're red and white, barber pulled like the flag of the U.S. Open. Nice. With a little black on top. Yeah, they're good. I, I think I'm out of them. Fill so. your bucket hat up with oh, them. Oh, I would fill them for sure. All right, coming up, our final segment here. It's a brisk twosome, Capital Golf Gang, plausibly live from Avenel. Myself and John Ronas, presented by Golfdom. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. Airborne is good. Never look down at Airborne. All right, we're back here. Final segment this week on The Capital Golf Gang. Myself, John Ronis. Uh, groups are going through behind us. I don't think we've been waved at by the marshals. No, I don't think so. So I think we're doing okay. Keeping our voices out mostly down. Who might be coming through here. Not a big crowd. No, it's um, not a big crowd, but it's Thursday. It's early, you know. Well, they're probably all, all following Rory. Yeah. He's on the other side. Every year, I think, you know, May, it'll be nice and warm and everything's going to bloom. The trees are still not yet popped out no. the way they normally are. They're getting they're pretty there. Pretty good. They're getting there. It's pretty good, and the course looks spectacular. Today so. is actually a great day. Today, today is beautiful. a great day. It's warm, somewhat warm. That oh, is boy. nice. Okay, so uh, final segment here, life on tour for young players. What's different about the young guys now? And I want to talk a little bit about PGA Tour shot making. Where do you want to start on this? Whatever you want. All right, life on tour for the young guys. I mean, it's interesting. It, you know, the tour is a lot different now. The younger players are having more success early. Mm -hmm. The average age of their first win has gone down if you compute it by a significant amount, from like 32 to 27 years old. Mm. Um, coming out of college, these kids are more fearless. They're not as in awe of everything. They've got great swings. They bomb it. Yeah. And now they're putting in, they're instituting a, uh, I think it's a top five on the collegiate rankings, get an exemption into the... Uh, uh, Corn Ferry? Corn Ferry. Really? Yeah. I did not so, know that. Yeah, so that's... Um, Wow, that's, that's interesting. That's significant to see that they're trying to get the, you know, more colleges on TV now, so they're trying to get them to have that natural link from the TV that you see them to the Corn Ferry, so you might watch them right. to the PGA Tour. I right. think that's a natural uh, marketing link that they're yeah. doing. But, you know, I heard someone talking the other day about, uh, not the differences because they didn't know the difference, but, for instance, like this tournament would have probably 80% of the players in a host family house. Oh, really? Yeah, so they'd come in. Once upon a time. Yeah, it would be people well-known. 
and they'd be staying with a family here during the tournament. So it'd be they pretty would, interesting. They would get connected with, you know, because they didn't want to necessarily stay in a hotel. Yeah, and they'd come back year after year, and they'd be, they'd end up being very good friends with yeah. the family. So that that changed with COVID. It wasn't too long ago they were still doing that. Oh, really? Not doing that as much, huh? I don't, they're really not doing it at all, almost. Huh. So, um, you know, things like that where you become a part of the, the recurring events, like this used to be in the, in the Kemper days. Right. Um, you become part of that community each year. So, you know, it's a traveling uh, gypsy. It is. You know, it's, it's a very difficult life. And to, so to have a It's a magical thing when you're watching it. You're like, ooh, the tour is in town. Yeah. But when you're on the tour, it is, like you said, it's a circus. It is a circus. And so, you know, and again, I don't think that they have as many uh, tour stops that stay at the same place anymore. Um, right. There's so, a lot of shuffling going on for yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's just not the not quite the same anymore. They come into town and then they leave. What's cool about uh, coming to see a tour event in person and especially following groups that don't have as many spectators because they're not big names, uh, you get to see up close and really hear what their shots sound like. Totally different. Oh, it, you're like, wow, listen yeah, to that. Right. The iron shots to my ear sound like they're squishing a grape. Yeah, exactly. Because they're compressing it yeah. in a way that we aren't as weekend hackers. Yeah, and it's just, again, it comes down to the speed factor. Mm-hmm. They compress everything more than we do. And it's the contact is so it's clean amazing. as well. It's amazing. And 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 seeing their swings up close, they look even more effortless than they do on TV. Yeah. They look like they're barely moving at it. Yeah. It's Because it's, it's a very efficient motion. I once uh, got into a very fun but at times heated argument with uh, uh, a former great golf buddy of mine, and he's going on to do different things. I don't think he plays much anymore, but Adam McKay. Remember Adam? He yeah. used to run Pros and Hackers yep. magazine yep. and was a good player, was a low single digit. He once got into it with me about how he said he could hit every shot a tour pro hit. It's just he couldn't pull them off with as high a percentage as they could. And yeah. I said, Adam, I love you. You crazy. I said, there, I said, there are tour, pro, tour pros have shots you don't even know about. Correct. You know, two groove knucklers or, you know, sliding, you know, low trage this is. Yeah, or the 27 variations of chip shots that they have. Right. Yeah. The spinners, exactly. the bump and runs, the, the, the one hop checks, the, you know, the lob shots, the flop shots, the, you know, where all they of toe that hook stuff. a chip to let it run right. out and it's imperceptible to your eye, but they know exactly how they're manipulating the club. Yeah. yeah. And so, no. And then, then, again, there's a speed factor. You might be able to take off in a Cessna at 50 miles an hour, but you're not taking off in a 747. So, in other words, the shots that you think you're hitting that are tour shots, they're hitting them at 105 miles an hour club speed, not 92. Exactly. Okay. You cannot hit their shots. (laughs) I know, but it's, it's fun to think that you sometimes can. Yeah. On the tour front, this is a interesting week. Uh, because Lee Westwood came out yesterday and talked openly about how he is entering one of the first Saudi-backed LIV golf events, the one in London. And I found his ability to, I don't want to say rationalize being involved, but his defense of his entering the event was one of the more level-headed and I thought intelligent defenses I've heard. It was very... Low-key Lee Westwood, where he's like, well, you know, I'm a pro, 
and uh, I play golf for a living. And he said, you know, we, we play a, a Euro Tour event in Saudi. Uh, there's snooker tournaments there. There's uh, soccer, you know, there's a owner from Saudi Arabia that owns one of the premier leagues. So how is this different? And I said, you know, that's a discussion I'm not sure we fully had. How is this different? I don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it is. I think that the, the world has gotten into, you know, bed with some interesting characters throughout our lives. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think they try to rationalize that sports is separate from life and politics. Right. And that we can go forward in sport and, and uh, not worry about the atrocities that may take place at their their homelands and, and, and look a, away and say, well, you know, we can't have the American moral society on everyone in the world. Right. We just had the Olympics in a place where, you know, they, <laughs> China, yeah. Yeah, they do some terrible, terrible things. Sure. So, you know, I think we, we tend to look the other way in sports. So in that regard, I understand his rationalization and he's a perfect person to get that large money grab at the end of his career. Right. But are we being too, have I been too hard on Mickelson? Have you been too hard on Mickelson? Or is what, or is Mickelson different because of some other element of this? Mickelson's very different because of the legacy that he could hold for life. Because he PGA doesn't tour. need this money grab, yeah. and his comments were such that they really struck a tone deaf nerve. Yeah, and okay. I also believe that he has a bit of. I hate to say because no one should really feel this way, but he has a bit of a responsibility to the PGA Tour to keep it going forward right because he's going to be leaving it soon but him and tiger are the two that push this pga tour to where it is right now yeah and the next generation of, of basically rory is going to push it to the next level but by by tarnishing this it gives a question to some of those other younger superstars well if phil did it maybe i could do the same thing and right. that's going to tarnish the pga tour it's interesting there's uh, now a handful of guys that have gone on record there's apparently more going to be coming out here pretty soon. We're coming up close to a month and a half from the first event. It looks like it's a real thing. There's some real rumblings out there that some things may be coming. And as I thought about this, I said, well, at the end of the day, if the Saudi money holds for a certain number of years, and if the venues they have the tournaments at are pretty good, and if the ratings on TV aren't abysmal, well, now the PGA Tour could have a problem on its hands because it's going to peel off a certain number of players by the sheer weight and volume of cash. Yeah, and, and it'll be very interesting. You know, the decisions that these golfers are making right now, let's just say the, the more the mid-range players, let's say 36 to 42 years old, mm -hmm. they're making a decision to hope, hopefully guarantee that this league's going to stick around. Right. Because if it doesn't, they just made a decision which weighs terribly in the minds of golfers because of the PGA Tour, and then it went bankrupt. Right. Do you know what they're playing for this week behind us here at uh, TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms? Or? Is that first place check? No, 1. I, don't, 2? I don't know, but it's Is probably it not close to it. In the newspaper, John no, Rodas brought not in the tea times. An actual <laughs> physical. <laughs> My brother newspaper. gave that to me. I'll, I'll make fun of him later. That is, on tonight. That is fantastic. Yeah. This still exists, yeah. and it's got the tea times and agate type in the Surprised back. Surprised he didn't cut it out section. for me also and put oh, it for the side. Oh my God! So good. All right, Mr. Onus, I enjoyed this too. Yes, this was fun. Thank you, brother. This was fun. And uh, no groups were disturbed in the plane. No, we didn't, of we didn't get 14 kicked and off 15. the deck. <laughs> Say thanks again to my brother for yes. hosting us here. It's great. Thank you very much, Dr. Ronas. And thank you to Golfton Buddy Christensen for sponsoring the show. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Go play some golf, and we will see you next time.
This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts.